daughtership, you can't operate in the, in the calling that you were born for if you feel like you're actually worthy enough to walk in There's love, there's confidence, there's no fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. You ever meet somebody who's insecure and fearful? where the Holy Spirit is resting and who is resting. So our job is to be an ambassador for Jesus. It doesn't mean we have to be perfect, but we have to have the fundamentals down at least so we can remind ourselves when it gets hard. Struggling with the Lord, or you've been struggling the way the 
tonight, um, we're going to hear someone teach that's taught the Bible four times and is already moving to another country to start a church. One of the one of the lies that we believe is that we need more training. So I can tell you that no matter what age you are, the devil will always tell you that you need a little more training. I'll fix that for the second half. <laughs> so, what we what we learn is that to ignore that voice and to just do what we know. And um, I, I have a lot of training, but that doesn't qualify someone. Uh, Qualify someone is uh, your heart and the Holy Spirit. And the last time I checked, if you give your heart to God, then God will fill you with your spirit, His spirit. And then that is what qualifies you. So what I want to do, what I want to do tonight is to is to pray that, that we'll catch that. We'll quit ourselves we need more training yeah. there's a difference between training and being committed to learning so be committed to learning great what are we going to learn lots more than I know right now sometimes by mistake less training more learning And also, I want you to understand this and learn this and let that get into your heart because this, this needs to be in more more spaces and more places. Yeah. And, uh, so sometimes what happens is, um, you know, God will God will be here. God will God will allow all of this to give other. To give a little bit of courage to people who need courage. So what I pray is that the little bit of courage that's in this room would go out into more more spaces. With Nico up in LA, I was texting Nico earlier today. Nico, put your hand up. Nico, God's gonna go to Nico, and Nico's like gonna go bang on the door of Verve and Verve Cafe. You know, we need to, we need to allow that courage to to go with us. So let's allow this to give people courage. Yeah. Um, So Mitch is gonna share tonight Jonah four. If you if you want to if you want to support Mitch, like you want to send him some money, you believe in him. On Venmo, O C N W T R, 
whatever comes in tonight, we'll get it to Mitch. Okay? I'm going to tell you something. We had no money when we had one church. We had no money when we had two churches. We had no money when we had three churches. We had no money when we had four churches. We had no money when we had five churches. Tonight's, tonight's the sixth church. We have no money. And that's good. And I've made a commitment to God. We're going to give away all the people and all the money. Come on. Infinitely more than we can ever dare to ask or hope for. May He 
be given glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever through endless ages. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to jump right into verse 1. And verse 1 says, in Jonah chapter 4, I'm reading out of the NLT. This change of plan upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So we have to ask, what was the change of plans? If we look at chapter 3, verse 10, it says that God, when he saw that the Ninevites had put a stop to their evil ways, he had mercy on them, and he didn't carry out the destruction that he had planned. And so we see that Jonah had given a lackluster sermon to these guys. He said, 40 days you will be destroyed. And that's all he said throughout the, the whole time of traveling through the city. And we see that there's repentance from least to greatest. And so we can take confidence that if God puts a word on your heart, no matter what kind of word he's put on your heart, no matter who's told, it, told you to say it to, we know that he is going to work powerfully through that. I like to use the example of giving God five loaves of uh, bread and two fish to him. You use your words, though they may not be eloquent, you'd be obedient and you say it to whoever God tells you yeah, to, and yeah. he's going to do a great work. Yeah. But why is Jonah so upset? We have to ask ourselves, why is he so upset at this change of plan that thousands of people have given, have repented? And we have to remember that this is 700 years before Christ. This is, a, this is a time when the Assyrians had taken over the public. So we see, we have to ask ourselves, who might have Jonah known that had been taken captive, that had been enslaved, that had been killed? Could, it, could he have had family that had been taken? Could he have had friends that he known? And so in verse 2 we see something, we see, we read, So he complains to the Lord about it. If you're going to complain, might as well complain to the Lord. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Amen. But isn't this funny? He reads, we read here, he complains to the Lord. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran to Tarshish. I knew you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. I knew how easily you could change your plans for destroying these people. Isn't it funny how the same grace and compassion that Jonah received as he was running away and disobeying God, this is the same grace that he received, and he doesn't want the Ninevites to get it. Isn't it funny that the same patience and unfailing love Jonah receives all story long is the, is the same love and patience that God gives him the whole time? The same cancellation of destruction that Jonah receives when, when God spares his life from being thrown into the ocean and, and God provides a big fish to save his life. That's the same salvation that he received that he doesn't want the Ninevites to have. Mm -hmm. And so this reminds me of a story in Matthew 18. It's the story of the unforgiving debtor. And what happens in the story is that the king is, is calling the servants to him and he's calling out people that have, have owed him money. And this, this servant owes him millions of dollars. And what happens is the servant gets on his knees and begs. He says, be patient with me. I will pay it all. Wow. And the king showed him pity and forgave him of everything. Mm. Then, in his freedom, he walks away. And 
one another servant, one of his fellow co-workers, he owes that he owes the servant a thousand dollars or so in some change. And this servant grabbed the other servant by the throat and he demanded that this servant paid him every single penny instantly. And then others saw it, they reported it to the king, and um, the king heard about this and brought that evil servant before him and said, shouldn't you have shown the same mercy that I showed you? And we see that in, uh, that Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, be merciful and you will be shown mercy. Matthew 16, it says, or Matthew 6, 14 through 15, it says that, if you forgive others of their trespasses, your Father in heaven will forgive you. And if you don't forgive others of their trespasses, you won't be forgiven either. And we see that, that this is, I want, you, I want all of us just to think about how much we have been forgiven of in your own life. If you like search deep in your heart, how much have we been forgiven of? And then I want you to think about other people in your life that you need to forgive at this moment. For me, the word that was put on my heart and, and a word that brings a lot of bitterness is your ex. Your ex brings a lot of bitterness. And that's just been a struggle of mine, just forgiving my exes. Right? And I'm being real with you guys. Like, that is as real as it gets. And I feel like um, God's been putting on my heart. I need to forgive them and forgive myself for what happened and move on. And so we can often find yourself thinking about that stuff a lot. Um, and if you've never asked God for forgiveness, I just want to let you know that you're missing out on a lot of freedom. There's so much freedom in asking God in anything that you've done. Look at the Ninevites. Look at all they've done. And God is big enough. His love is big enough to forgive anything in your life. But he does look at people that are sincere and genuine. He does look at people that are willing to make a 180 turn, turn from sin and turn to him. And so verse 3, we continue. Um, and, he, and Jonah continues complaining. He says, Lord, kill me now. And if, actually, whenever, whenever I read this, I, I feel like Jonah has, like, does anybody know Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore? Yeah. He's like, Lord, kill me now. <laughs> I'd rather be dead than alive. Because nothing I predict is going to happen. <laughs> That's how I read John every time. <laughs> but have you guys ever thought in your life, like, this is not how I wanted my life to happen? Yeah. It's like, this is not how I predicted it to be? Every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> Prophesied that the Ninevites were going to uh, perish in 40 days. 
and we see that's not going to happen. And what happens is he gets his pride gets hurt, and we can see that his gift he is he's finding his identity in his gift over his identity in God. And so, um, you know, I noticed the same thing in my life. One of one of the gifts God has given me is to play basketball, and he's. Uh, giving me the spiritual gift to get buckets. And so I uh, anytime, anywhere, anybody. Genesis, I was reading about Jacob, and uh, he was fleeing from Esau, and God gave him a word in Genesis 28, 15, and that said, God gave him a promise, he said this, I am with you, and I will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, and I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you, and that was September 20, 21st, 2019, I'll never forget that, because I burned within me. And sometimes you open up your Bible, and you read, and there's nothing, and then you keep going. And sometimes when you need it most, you open up your Bible, and God will speak a word to you, specifically to you. And he'll speak specifically to your dream. And uh, so I got that word, that promise, that I'm going to go back one day. I don't know how it's possible, but it's going to happen. In in the meantime, uh, I've had this calling on my life, um, and it started with uh, one of my, my uncles, a pastor, and he's asked me, uh, he started the, the thought process, have you ever thought about being a pastor? I was like, no, I'm just Hooper. I just play basketball, ball of life. That's it. That's all I care about. Another pastor asked me, have you ever thought about being a pastor? No, I haven't thought about being a pastor. 
And then finally I met Pastor Ryan. Wherever he's at. And he didn't even ask me, he just called me Pastor Mitch, so you know. But I just want to let you guys know that uh, just because a dream seems dead, it's not. If God has put it in your heart, he's a God of redemption, he's a God of revival. And God has been reviving in my heart. He's been flipping my dream on its head. Where I thought I was just gonna be playing basketball. Now he wants me to go and start a church. He wants me to do discipleship. He wants me to make this environment right here, there. They need it there. And, and that's what God wants to do. And I'm going to be leaving on uh, May 3rd. And I'm going to get out of here. And Verse 4. We're going to read verse 4 through. Let's see. Verse 4 through verse 8, really quick. The Lord replied after Jonah complained. He said, Is this right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see if anything might happen to the city. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. As soon as it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun, this eased him of some discomfort, and Jonah was very, very grateful for the plant. But God also prepared a worm. And the next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it soon died and withered away. And as the sun grew hot, and that God sent a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than this, he explained. He exclaimed. And uh, somebody, uh, one of our good friends, Bobby, um, he does a, we do a Bible study with him. He said something pretty profound about this. He said that everyone goes through moments of shade in your life, everyone goes through scorching heat moments of your life. So everyone goes through some moments of comfort and shade, and everyone goes through moments of suffering and hardship. And that goes for non-Christians and Christians. That goes for, that goes for uh, rich people and poor people, people in this country and outside. Everybody goes through seasons of shade and some seasons of suffering. And what I want to bring up is this verse uh, that's been on my heart for a long time. Romans 5, 3 through 5. It says, We glory in our sufferings, for suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character hope. And hope never puts us to shame, because we know, uh, because God has poured his love into our heart through the Holy Spirit, whom he's given to us. And how I make sense of this is the only reason why we can glory in our suffering is because God is with us. Yeah. Yeah. The, the analogy that comes to me is working out. Okay. You're lifting weights, right? Let's say, for example, for the next month, you're going to work out twice a week, uh, twice a day, really hard training, lifting, running, whatever you want to do, but you have to fast the whole time. What is that? What's going to happen to your body? It's, it's going to wither away. It's going to atrophy. Your muscles are actually going to get smaller. The only thing that grows your muscle 
is putting amino acids and nutrients back into your body by through food, through protein shakes, and build back stronger and there's no way I'm going to compare God to a protein shake, but what I am going to say, say is that with God in our life, without God in our life, suffering doesn't make sense. Suffering beats us down. Suffering atrophies us. With God in our life, He builds us up. He puts nutrients into our life. So as I read the last uh, nine verses, do uh, you think I could get the Ryan up back no, here again? No. Come if on, on, if you were out in this other country, it's not going to be me. What are you going to do? I want some music. Here you go. I can't have Ryan. I'm not going to be there for you. <laughs> okay, verses nine. We're going to close up with verses nine through 11. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? You bet it is, Jonah said. Even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, You feel sorry about a plant, but you did nothing to put it there. And a plant is only at best short-lived. But Nineveh has more than 100,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? And we look at this plant analogy, we see that Jonah didn't do anything to make the plant, and he didn't do anything to kill the plant. Yeah. Yeah. He enjoyed the shade, but he didn't do anything. God created it, and then he, he killed it. Yeah. But what we don't see is that God created Nineveh. He created that city. He created those people. And we don't know what the work he's doing in people's lives. We don't know. We cannot, we cannot look at somebody and say, that person's too far away. That's just putting a box on God's love. And so God's saying, you pity a plant. You pity a plant. But you don't pity the 120,000. By the way, the Bible says 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness who don't know their right hands from their left hand. Like I said again, I worked at a boxing gym and I always ask kids to punch their left hand. They don't know. Wow. They don't know what their right hand and left hand is. So God is, is seeing things that we don't see. He sees the kids in that city that are innocent. He sees even the animals. His love goes beyond our boundaries. And so I want to conclude with this. 1 Corinthians 3, it says, We can plant we can water, but we cannot grow. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit that grows within each person. And like I said, we can never say that, oh, that person's too far from the Lord. We have to remember what the Lord has brought us through and offer that same salvation to everyone else. Do we have the same compassion that God has for us, for other people? I just want you guys to see that God's love is bigger. It's way bigger than we can ever imagine. And um, I was talking to my friend uh, ahead over here, earlier before this, and I asked him, how long have you been a believer? 
he said, well, I've been a believer my whole life, but I, I think the question you're asking is, how long have I been intimate with the Lord? Wow. How long have I been intimate? Well, about seven years. And I have to look at my life and say, I want to know God's big, big love in an intimate way. Yeah. Uh, and I want to share that big, big love with other people. And so I want to just pray for us really quick that we can just be wrapped up in his infinite and intimate love. Lord, we just lift up our hearts to you right now. We're so thankful that we can all meet here in your name and give you glory. Read your word. Let it sink down deep into our hearts, Lord. More importantly, the love that you show us, Lord. Each one of us can search our own heart and we can just see everything you've forgiven us of. We can see everything you saved us from. Lord, help us all, commission us all to go out and offer that same opportunity to the people that we have influence over around us, Lord. Lord, I just have had, had this person on my mind this whole week, and the, the word that comes to my mind is Nicodemus. And this person knows about God, knows a lot about God and wants to know more you want to know this love in an intimate way and I just want to prophesy over you that you're going to be the one that's standing up for Jesus in front of other people that aren't and that you're going to be the one that's handling the burial, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ you're going to be sharing that with all, even though you don't understand it right now, that that is your future, that you're going to experience the fullness of God, the fullness of his love. And just like Nicodemus approached Jesus in secret, so I'm going to ask you to approach Jesus in secret and just allow Jesus, just allow him to develop a relationship with you, allow him to be intimate with you. Open your heart to him. Let's pray a blessing over you guys. As we continue to worship, just continue to think about God's marvelous love. In your almighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
all of this is just to teach you how to be able to sit with somebody and just quiet. And know what to say when it's time to say something. And when you encourage somebody, when it's time to encourage somebody. Sometimes we'll be talking too much. Maybe like right now, like I'm doing that. But I've been married for almost five years. loved by is when I just listen. just how life is supposed to look. There's highs and there's lows. You're supposed to ride the roller coaster. And allow yourself to feel the things that you need to feel. Because it's scary. You know, it's going to be scary for Mitch to go over and not to just totally abandon those feelings, but to say, okay, God, I'm feeling this thing. Because confession is where you get your healing. And sometimes you want to cover it up with, you know, I'm good, I'm strong in the Lord, and I know, like, you know, David strengthened himself in the Lord, but I think it all started with confession, yeah. you know, Lord, I need you, this is what I'm dealing with, I'm scared right now, you know, it's even better when you got a brother like Charlie, you know, I feel like I get a lot of healing and breakthrough when I confess to him what I'm dealing with, and then he says the same to me, you know, we just start worshiping worshiping in spirit and in truth and how we're talking to each other. And I think sometimes we just need a friend, you know, yeah. someone that we can confess our sins to. And it's a practice that needs to be like, you have to practice it just like fasting, just like praying. Yeah. Confessing is hard. song about being broken um, and I wrote it in a season where it was just real evident that you can't like you can't stop bad things from happening you can only change how you respond to them and sometimes when I'm fully broken best place for me because it's where Jesus finally greets me and my brokenness and my full yeah. It's like a bittersweet place to be because you're fully broken and you're weeping, you're crying, but you feel you know, that breakthrough, that presence yeah. of the Lord at the end that you know. Because he says, I can't work with the prideful. Yeah. I can work with a surrendered heart.
fellows how we give the mic to you. somebody here? Who has somebody in heaven? You guys ever think about them? And I feel like that's that's the gift. And if you find the gift in the suffering, then you win. The enemy loses. And I think, you know, my son's looking down at me right now. This revelation of you know, my son passed away. He's, he's one and a half, and it says that there's a cloud of witnesses that are in heaven watching us, and the angels they're watching all of wonder, wondering how we can believe in faith this God you know, that we've never seen. Because they're in heaven, they get to see the glory. And I had this revelation one night, and I shared with my wife, you know, that our baby boy's in heaven. But we're still his mom and dad here on earth. And we get to parent him and teach him about faith. Because he doesn't get to know about faith. Wow. And when I think about when I get to heaven one day and we're walking up to each other, we're going to have that moment of just like, man, that was a crazy life. <laughs> <laughs> But it helps me stay down here too because I feel like when I think about him in heaven looking down, I just remember I'm doing this for a purpose. You know, death is a funny thing. It's like you can't really experience Jesus without it.
where you had a hard time confessing your struggles and being with them in the moment. So, Jesus, I just pray for the present. I pray for us to be more present. I pray for us to see the people who need to be sat with, the people who need to just be grieved with. Mourn with those who mourn. If the church could learn how to grieve with people instead of trying to fix them, we would see revival like we've ever seen. You don't need to grow legs out, you just gotta listen to someone's heart. You don't need to go up to them and try to do all these crazy things. Maybe it's finding out what makes them feel hurt, what makes them feel loved. And sitting with them and not saying anything. Until you feel the Holy Spirit, you know what I'm saying? Until you feel like it's time. So many people, you know, I got friends, I got you know, got real close ones. doesn't matter what you say. No matter how many times you preach on the gospel, you know, they're going to stay in that age because they got to come to a revelation on their own. You know, Jesus never made me feel like I was an idiot. You know, he never made me feel like, yo, you should be fixed by now. Why aren't you fixed by now? He looks at us like we're old and he sees us in the day and he sees us where we're at. He doesn't remember Holds no records of wrong. So I'm praying for that for us because I feel like that's the next wave of the Jesus people. Is being able to actually wash the feet of people. It's cool to leave a legacy. It's doper to wash feet. It's cool to be the homie on stage, but it's doper to be the person that's giving water.
praise you guys and pray before we get out of here. Just want to encourage everybody and say you're doing a great job. You're good in that, bro. Can you do a good job?